I'm Liv. I'm Steve. And this is Fish Out of Water, a podcast for epileptics by epileptics who are not medical professionals. Nah. Not in the slightest. At least not me. Uh, I'm not either, but I got a little bit of medical training, so. A little bit. I can put on a band-aid. <laughs> Actually, Harry is super into band-aids lately. Oh, is he? Yeah, like he uh, doesn't even get a bruise. <laughs> and he's like, I want a band-aid. Interesting. Are these like super colorful, like Scooby-Doo band-aids or something like that? Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol band-aids. Um, he actually, um, the other day, he uh, he came running at Ben, my husband, right? Mm-hmm. And for a hug and wound up just slamming into Ben's balls. <laughs> and Ben's just like, oh my God, buddy, you can't do that. And like, he can't be mad because Harry didn't know. He was just going for a hug, right? Yeah. But I'm laughing my ass off. Yeah. And Harry goes, I'm sorry, dad. Do you need a Band-Aid? Aww. And he goes and gets a Band-Aid and puts it on Ben's knee and gives it a kiss. And oh, God, I couldn't have been laughing harder, but it was so sweet. <laughs> so he's into Band-Aids on both him and other people. It's really cute. Fair enough. How you doing? Haven't seen you in a little bit, actually. No, not really. Um, not too bad. Uh, life as per normal. But uh, had a really good group class that you missed. Yeah. What what happened? What did I miss? So it was pretty awesome. We were doing uh, defense against... Uh, the club. dark arts? Yeah. I, wish. <laughs> I, I, need, I still need to study those a bit. Uh, no, against clubs and uh, beer bottles, things like that. Oh. So it was a whole defense. If you're too close, you know, or if you're too far away, what decisions to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if at any time you can... Running is always a good option, but, you know, when, if you're not in a position to run, then how to get out of that particular uh, scenario. And there's lots of ways to do it, of course, but um, all of them have their pros and cons. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, Everybody was like, oh, that was actually a really fun class. And I'm like, as opposed to the others. Is it it not normally? (laughs) But uh, yeah, it, it all worked out really well. It was awesome. Oh, man. So you missed a good one. I have tennis elbow. Tennis elbow. I have playing. never played tennis. <laughs> playing too much tennis. Yes. Um, I don't know if Jenny, uh, your wife told you, but uh, the last class I was at, I I was just in like a lot of pain. Like I, I couldn't punch with my right arm. Mm. I couldn't do sit-ups. It was, it was, wow. um, or not sit-ups, sorry, push-ups. Like it was, it was really tricky. So like I had my hand, I had my arm like against my torso and she's like, that's not a great guarding stance. And I'm like, I don't want to hurt my wrist. <laughs> so like the, the elbow, um, because I'm at a desk all the time, cause I'm an office administrator, mm. uh, the muscle is deteriorating in my right arm. Okay. Because I type a lot with my left hand because I'm kind of ambidextrous and I use the mouse with my right, mm-hmm. obviously. So I don't do both hands on the keyboard, even though I should. So the muscle mass is deteriorating in my arm and it's causing my wrist to hurt. So I thought it was carpal tunnel, but it's not. So I have exercise and stuff. I should be back this week because it's feeling a lot better, but uh, I'm just glad that it's not uh, like a joint problem. Yeah, no kidding, because those are hard to get rid of, Yeah, if at all. Instead of muscle mass. I was like, what? I'm supposed to be strong. And then I'm like, no, you know what? (laughs) With the amount of lifting I don't do, it makes sense, but yeah. Never thought I'd hear muscle mass is deteriorating sort of thing. So, but I mean, that can atrophy. be fixed. Yes. Yeah. Or what? Yeah, that. Yep. Good old atrophy. Yes. That's a thing that I, I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful, <laughs> terrible thing. <laughs> yeah. 
If I were a medical professional, I would know what that meant. If I was anyone else, I would know what that meant, probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, where did we start? Is it not so fun fact, or is it... Uh, not so fun fact, it's you. That's right. Okay, so I'm kind of reaching with this not so fun fact. Meaning that it's kind of epilepsy related, but not at the same time. Okay. okay. Sounds good to me. Okay. So there was a, uh, have you ever read the book or seen the movie Brain on Fire? I, I've definitely been told to uh, read it numerous times. And as per normal, I have completely ignored them and read you know, the stuff <laughs> I wanted to read. Uh, but it, I heard it's very good. It so. is. It is very, very good. Um, so it's about this girl named uh, Suzanne Callahan. She's a journalist in New York and she starts having absent and grand mal seizures and she starts hallucinating things and one diagnosis that she's given is epilepsy because you know you got to slap a label on it, right? Right. And she she's also told like maybe you have a mental problem because like her moods are going up and down so she's like diagnosed herself as bipolar but the seizures are like You can just, get mood you know, fluctuations with mm-hmm. seizures. Yeah, that's true. So that's kind of why they're like, well, it could be mental disorder because she's also like hallucinating bed bugs in her bed and stuff when there's nothing there. And then it turns out that she actually has, spoiler alert, sorry, a rare neurological autoimmune disease called anti-NMDA receptor encephalitis. I did it. <laughs> and I just think it's really interesting how epilepsy can be so misdiagnosed. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think the the whole seizure part, it, people keep forgetting it's a symptom. It is not the problem. Exactly. And yeah. everybody keeps, is like, oh, you're epileptic. It's like, well, no, maybe I have a tumor. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's it's like, get that the facts straight. It is a symptom. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And now, that may be a symptom of epilepsy, but it's also could be a symptom of a dozen other things. Yeah, I completely agree. It was it's a very interesting read a very and the, the movie is fantastic. And uh, yeah, hearing epilepsy, I watched it with some people that I know who had never seen me have a seizure, although they knew that I have epilepsy and they were and she was just having an ab well not just having an absent one but she was in yeah she was in her uh boss's office having one and uh, the person said oh that's the kind you have i'm like no you know when i'm having a seizure um but uh yeah so and then a little fun fact on top of that is one of the things that this girl does is have like hallucinations and she's very rigid and stuff Mm -hmm. and doctors have been looking into the girl who inspired the book and movie The Exorcist, and they believe she might have actually had anti-NMDA receptor encephalitis because she was very rigid and having hallucinations. And I mean, she didn't necessarily, you know, do that thing with the crucifix. But uh, yeah, so I thought that was a little fun fact on top of the not so fun fact of how it's crazy what diseases can be misdiagnosed as epilepsy or just here. Have a label. It'll fix everything. So it's an yeah. excellent, not so fun fact. That it, I think that's a perfect, not so fun fact. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. I mean, it's very interesting, and it's a book I should probably read. It's I have a, it. I can lend it to you. Yeah. Um, when I finish uh, the Expanse, which I'm currently reading, I don't want to get uh, to a point where when I watch the next season of the Expanse, this is. I'm going to call it a plug because I love the show and it is an amazing book series. I have never heard of it. Oh, God. You're so... (laughs) (laughs) You're missing out. I just I just read a really good book called The Wife Between Us, which has actually been um, movie rights have been sold to Spielberg actually. Oh, okay. So I'm 
really hoping that movie gets made because the book was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, The the Expanse is a sci-fi series. It's one of the best sci-fi series I've ever seen or read. It's both of them are amazing. And the thing is, is that they get the writers from the books in the writing room with the TV series. Oh. And so they don't do any of those things where they just mangle the story and make it so that nobody can really recognize it. It is written and co-written by or on the original books because it's two people and they go by one uh, name, like a pen name. But between the two of them, they write the book and they've been doing the um, uh, TV series as well. And it is amazing because they keep 90% of it is 100% real world physics in outer space and how it works and stuff and how brutal it is. Uh, they don't do any of the things like, say, Star Trek when the Enterprise is flying along and then at like uh, 10 times the speed of light and then suddenly stops. Why aren't they all a bunch of red paste on the fuse? Because, right? <laughs> you know, when you stop that fast, that's what happens. And by the way, it actually happens at one point in the story uh, in one of the books. The Star Trek books? Or no, the, the, in okay. the, the Expanse, the one I'm okay. reading. A person, his ship stops really fast and he ends up getting ripped right out of his harness and splattered all over the view screen because that's how physics work (laughs) so it's like squishing a bug from the inside well it just rips because you keep on going there's no reason for your momentum to stop yeah so if there's no reason for your momentum to stop you keep on going so and if you're going a hundred thousand kilometers a second then what do you think happens that makes sense. Yeah. I exactly. mean there is an episode of Black Mirror which I haven't I haven't watched the entire series but there is an episode of Black Mirror when everyone's on a spaceship and it's going really fast and then it stops and everyone doesn't necessarily like you know splat against the windshield but they do all kind of go like you know uh, Jack Sparrow drunky <laughs> on the Yeah, you floor, do like, a lot oh, more God. than that. Like uh, a good another good example and I'll, I'll leave this as the last example. Super otherwise, off track, but whatever. Yeah, We're uh, having fun. <laughs> yeah, otherwise this entire episode will be me talking about The Expanse. It's Next season is on uh, Amazon Prime, by the way, on December 13th, I believe. Oh, cool. Uh, the next season. Uh, they just changed over to Amazon. They got canceled by Sci-Fi, and Amazon was like, hell no, this is an awesome show. <laughs> it's consistently one of those shows that's like an 8.5 to a 9 Every single season. Wow. It's uh, amazing. But one last example of real world physics. Okay. So when you go to a place like, say, Mars. uh, I've been there. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody does that. Great vacationing spot. Yeah, everybody does that these days. But uh, if you want to actually get into orbit and actually stay in orbit, or you actually want to, like, say, get into, say, a space station that's around Mars, Mm -hmm. the thing is, is that... Because there's no atmosphere in outer space, you know, it's an empty vacuum. Uh, When you uh, accelerate, you will keep accelerating until the thrust is gone, right? Because there's nothing to slow you down. So when you get there, what will happen if you do it like you, like, oh, we'll just turn off the engines and then we'll coast the rest of the way? No, because what will happen is you'll fly right by it at 100,000 kilometers a second, right? Mm -hmm. So what you do instead is you have to flip your ship and then start burning and it's called a deceleration burn you use the same thruster but now you're burning the opposite direction so that's what slows you down and then you have to correct again to dock or do whatever right so all those little things you have to do in real world and if you don't do them it can cause obviously huge problems and you're not going to be able to do what you want to do so all of that is covered in the book. They, they, everything in it, there is a, an alien aspect to it, which is the sci-fi part of it. 
but everything else about it is designed to be a believable real world scenario and they use real world physics real world ideas in them just as if it was like maybe 300 years in the future though so we've managed to make them better but it's still real world physics Hmm. it's amazing it's an amazing show and then they have huge politics and stuff like that and massive wars and stuff like that so it's all awesome (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's got a little bit of everything for everyone well that's that's great yeah that's great i'm not a huge sci-fi yeah i person. saw your eyes glazing over a little tiny bit i'm so sorry um yeah to annoy my husband i'll like purposefully get star wars mixed up with star trek literally on purpose i'll send him a meme of star wars and i'm like check out this star trek thing and yeah and <laughs> then just mean. well he actually like played the prank back at me by um pretending to get in sync and backstreet boys mixed up <laughs> and i was just like what are you talking about bye 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 was done by in sync not backstreet boys and then he just like looked at me and smirked i'm like that was mean <laughs> Okay, fellow fish. Time for a famous fellow fish. Okay, man. and I got a pretty famous one. A really good actor. Hugo Weaving. Elrond. Yes. And the Matrix guy. Yeah. I don't remember that character's name. Uh, Agent Smith? There it is. Yes. I think. Him. No, yeah. that no. was Neo. Mr. Smith was Neo's name. Yeah, that's right. No, it was Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. It's been a while since I watched The Matrix. It's been a long time. Yeah, probably since... It came out, honestly. Anyways, the agent. The agent in, dude. In the Matrix. Nice. Yeah, yeah the he main is agent. great. Okay, tell me about his seizures or his fishness. Okay. So, oh, he also played Red Skull in uh, Captain America. You've seen Captain America? I've seen Captain America. The first was... one. The uh, the first Avenger was its subtitle. I was, oh, I was pregnant. So it was like four years ago. I was pregnant when I watched it was, that. It was a little longer than four years ago. Well, then I, I watched it way after it came out. Okay. So that I saw <laughs> it, <enough>. like... <laughs> okay, I don't want to run down of Captain America. He's my no, least favorite okay. Avenger. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Actually, I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> You're a terrible, terrible person. Captain America is not the best Avenger. He uh, is probably one of the best, in my opinion. Now, here's the thing. I'm not American. So the old uh, hoorah raw is like <laughs> lost on me, right? Uh-huh. But um, like I was in the military and everything, I can understand that to a certain point. But all of the states is kind of like that. And good for you, you do you. But what they did really well on that movie was they didn't push it in a really stupid fashion. Uh, they pushed it in a like, well, actually, we're here to fight a war. <laughs> And if this helps, that's fine. But if it's not helping, then... Okay. So you uh, mean, like, he wasn't, like, the captain of America. He was a captain that was a warrior sort of thing. Well, what happened is basically he... Uh, see how I sucked you into this? I know. I know. <laughs> there was something about a guy that loses his arm. Yeah, that's later. And then there's that's a girlfriend. Later. That's later. I, I, Jane? No, that's well, Spider-Man's well, girlfriend. Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. Spider-Man was an Avenger. Okay, to keep it... I'm sorry. They they did a really good job of not making it too hoorah-rah, despite the fact that he's wearing, like, uh, a star-spangled banner all over his body. You know, basically. That's right. He's wearing a flag, basically, his entire body. But what they did was they did the experiments, and it all went well. And they're like, okay, well, we'll get you to do, like, promos, basically run around the States and do war bonds. Hey, buy war bonds. And he thought it was kind of underutilizing him, Mm -hmm. as you might think. And so he started expanding and getting into stuff. And he realized that it was a, like, he really needed to do something rather than just sit there and 
with a goofy suit on and sell war bonds. And uh, what is a war bond? Are you saying bond or bond. bond? Okay. Okay. So think of like money that you would pay them to buy a bond, uh, which is just a piece of paper that's kind of like a receipt for the money that you paid. Okay. And then it's like, but it's for the war. And so the idea is that at the end of the war, they give you back the money when they can. Hmm. Uh, maybe with a little bit of interest or something. Okay. But it's a way for the the country to make money to finance the war that everybody wants to win. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so it's they're not like uh, they're not going to make you a lot of money, but they're they're worth X amount of dollars, assuming you win, <laughs> and can get paid back. So it was it was a tactic they used, and they they did sell a lot of them, and people had a lot of war bonds that they just kept in their attic and stuff like that, and occasionally would cash in and so forth. Okay. Does that make sense? Sure. I know what bail bonding is, though, because I... Yeah, that's a little different. Well, I just really like Dr. Bounty Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if Fair you enough. don't go back to Hugo Weaving, I'm going to start talking about Dr. Bounty Hunter, and you don't. Okay, we, yeah, we need to... No. Okay. Move it on. Okay, so Hugo Weaving. Wonderful actor. Who played Red Face in Captain America. <laughs> red Face? Okay, you're doing this on purpose. Red Mask. Masked Red Guy. Red... No. No. Keep guessing. Because um, I did say it, so it was I just, know, it was You were just not listening. Mask. No, I, it's my short-term memory. I'm a fish. Um, red mask. Red red face. Red mask. Red square head. What's... He's drawing a skull. square. Red skull. He was drawing the square over his face with his hands. Like, how was I... Like, he was voguing with his index finger. So how was I supposed to get skull out of that? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Red skull. Okay. Good God. Okay. Back to Elrond. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's go with that since you probably saw those films. I'm yes. guessing. Yes, of course I saw those films. Anyway, moving on. Okay. So he was diagnosed at the age of 13. <laughs> wow. So very young. Around my age. Well, like around when I was diagnosed. Yeah. Uh, okay. A very common age uh, or mm-hmm. age category. Puberty right that, area. Yeah. yeah. Right in that area where a lot of people do uh, get diagnosed. But he only had about one major seizure a year. Oh. So today's uh, episode, by the way, for those that uh, I don't think we've said yet. We is... have not talked about how we're going to be talking about auras. Yeah, today's all about auras. Well, and Hugo Weaving. Yeah, <laughs> well, the reason, the reason I br- bring him up is the way his seizures came about is he would just drop. And oh. uh, yeah, and then so he'd wake up with someone saying, are you all right? Are you okay? And uh, he'd be like, ah, crap. You know, and he's just like, seizure. what the hell just happened? Yeah. So oh, okay. he didn't have an aura. No warning. Yeah. And I, I actually, when we get into the aura part, got a, a, a couple little statistics for you. Fun. That directly related. Unlike, you know, <laughs> Not like the beginning of this episode <laughs> where nothing meant anything. Nothing, nothing was related. <laughs> uh, okay. So he didn't have any auras. He just dropped. Okay. And about once or so a year. So he, he couldn't drive in his early life. Uh, but he hasn't had a seizure in 25 years, so he could get a license now if he wanted to. Now, he's been quoted, though, as saying he's just too lazy to get it, that he can't be bothered. It's just easier to walk. And he has enough money just for people oh, to drive yeah. him everywhere. He could, he so. could get a taxi around the world like a thousand times with the amount of money he has. More like a limo. Yeah. Uh, what? It, well, have you ever been in Germany? No. Okay. The taxi's there are like limos in many ways. They're, well, they're really, really, really nice Mercedes Benzes. They have leather seats. They, like, think of being in a luxury uh, Mercedes Benz. That's what getting the taxi is in Germany. It's oh. awesome. <laughs> it's like you just sink into the seats and you're like, oh my God, this is what it's 
feels like to have money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's uh, how they do taxis there. Here, it's just about how efficient can we make it and how How quickly can it get here? Yeah, and how cheap and everything and how little can we pay our taxi drivers. You know, that's basically what Oh, that's just mean. Okay, yes, back to Hugo. Tell me about... Oh, that's that's more, oh. most of what I could find. He hasn't had them in a long time, and when he did, it was like maybe one major one a year. He probably had a couple minor ones. Oh, most. so he's kind of like grown out of them? Yeah, I didn't see anything about what medications he took. A lot of the people... They kind of keep that secret. Yeah, they a lot of fellow fish, you'll just don't talk about that too often. However, if you... Uh, Except for ta- us, apparently. Yeah, well, if you talk <laughs> to anybody that has it chronically, like all the time mm-hmm. usually they want to talk about their meds because it's like a point of heartache for just about everyone oh totally it's one of those things where you're constantly like oh this med did this this med did this mm-hmm. and our next episode uh, i got a whole thing on those because we're going to be talking about memory loss oh god yeah yep. that's our next episode yes yeah stay tuned for that that'll be fun yeah so stay I gotta- tuned for what sorry uh, get it? Get it? Uh, I was pretending I didn't remember. Yeah, look at look at the amazing smile on my face from that show. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, moving on. So, moving on. What's today's episode about? Um, <laughs> auras. Auras. <laughs> Next week is about um, memory loss. <laughs> Why did I say I was a shark in the first episode when clearly I'm Dory? Yeah, I, th- I think so. You're just constantly going to swim around something and it's everything's new. Here's a good thing about that. If you have a little goldfish brain, uh, everything is a brand new thing all the time. Oh, for sure. My, my mom is a genius. Like she's uh, literally ran TD Waterhouse uh, for the entire uh, Vancouver Island, basically, for years. Mm-hmm. She's a genius. But she has a goldfish brain when it comes to movies. Like, she'll sit there. She's worse than you, like, saying, oh, is this, 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 this? It's like my grandmother, you know? It's like, no, 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 please stop talking, no. And, and she'll be like that with movies. And she can't program a VCR. Uh, yeah, I'm dating myself uh, to save her life. But, you know, then she's a genius in those other aspects. That's hilarious. You know, I've got lots of stories for um, for the next episode, for okay. sure. Okay, so why don't we share a story each about when an aura is haunted us or something or just share something personal about our own auras okay personally mine hurt a lot and we have spoken about what our auras are like but uh i thought i would share a bit of a story i have them at work but no seizure to follow so honestly they're more like really annoying because they like get in the way of my day and then i have the whole like my heart's in my chest just like thumping and thumping and thumping and i'm just like oh my god am i gonna have a seizure and then i wound up i well yeah i get all wound up and i'm kind of bouncing in my chair and i'm like what do i do and then i think like okay what can i do to completely take off my take my mind off of the fact that i i feel terrified because i'll also get my sense of doom or horror flash or whatever you want to call it and the last little while I've been getting up from my seat and I'll walk around for a bit usually just kind of in circles around I have uh it's like a desk clump that I'm in and I'll walk around it and it's pretty big and I'll just start talking about reality tv which is the furthest thing you can get from anything actually real so i'll usually it's about the show i didn't know i was pregnant and i'll just go up to a co-worker of mine and i'll just be like so i was watching i didn't know i was pregnant and i'll just rattle off like three episodes and i've calmed down and i used to think that i hid them rather well and then i was 
telling a coworker of mine that sometimes I'll have an aura at work and I try not to tell anyone. And he's just gone, oh, hey, yeah, I remember that. You didn't tell me what was going on, but your face went white and you kind of like slammed your hand on the table because my aura will like shoot through my hand and I feel like I need to grab onto something. So mm-hmm. I like slammed my hand down on my desk and I just kind of waited and I thought that I hit it. But apparently, slamming your hand down on your desk will get some people's attention. Kind of is what it's meant to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I did that every time, you know, I was, uh, like, at work. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where <Yeah>. I work. <laughs> yeah, people are probably kind of jumpy there. Yeah, well, they are. Like, I mean, you start hearing some kind of conflict or raised voices. Suddenly, you'll see 10 people there, uh, 10 staff members there, oh. just in case. <laughs> yeah. So, Anyways, please yeah. continue. So I'll get them at work and usually I just start just talking. Like when I get nervous, honestly, I talk. I love the sound of my own voice, which mm-hmm. is one of the reasons why I started this podcast. <laughs> and yeah, I'll just start talking about nothing. Or I'll turn to one of my desk clump mates and I'll just say like, okay, I'm feeling funny. And they know that's code for I've had an aura. I'm not, I'm probably not going to have a seizure, but I'm feeling funny. And they'll just be like, okay, so what happened on I didn't know I was pregnant? Oh, that's nice. Or how's your dog doing? Yeah, exactly. I I really like the people that I work with. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm able to just, yeah, they, they know not to like talk about the aura because that'll make me think about it more. They just talk about bull. Just talk about nothing. So that is how I kind of cope with when I know that it's not going to be turning into a seizure. If I know it's turning into a seizure, obviously get down, tell people. And I have had one at work. It's your self-medicating uh, way of lowering your anxiety to the point where you're... Yeah, that's what I do at yeah. home to lower my anxiety is escape usually into TV or playing with my son. That's how I get out of my mind and away from my anxiety. That's A lot of people will think, oh, she's just lazy watching TV all the time, but it's... No, honestly, it has a lot to do with relaxing, get my mind away from... Yeah, I can I can relate to that my work is not the happiest work. No. It's uh, stressful. So some days when I'm just coming home and I'm like, uh, I, I turn on the TV or I turn on something like that, and I feel a little lazy. For sure, right? But it's one of those things where my brain just does not want to engage with life for a little while. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because, yeah, it can be kind of brutal at work. It's like for eight hours straight, you're basically like, if you can imagine having a bunch of friends screaming at each other and having to drop the uh, tone of it and, uh, you know, try and take care of those people and make them so that they're not yelling anymore and do that for eight hours straight. Some yeah. days are like that. Okay, so can you tell me about a time that you had Norn and got in your way or just... Uh... Yeah. Uh, I have them far more frequently than I have actual seizures. Oh. As per normal. So I'll have days where it's... My R's used to be very auditory, where I'd hear a ringing or a sound of, like, voices, almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what I can imagine. I and, and I've mentioned this before on the show, but it's what I can imagine someone who's schizophrenic might feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be my sort of thought, of like, is that what it's like? You know, I'm not sure. At least on TV, that's how it's kind of described, so... Yeah, the, the thing with actual schizophrenics is they know that they... I mean, they're not stupid. They're just like anybody else. So some of them really realize that, but they also see them sometimes as friends, sometimes as enemies inside their head talking to them. So it can get kind of confusing because they also hide it because they know that that's not kosher with most people. So Right. Yeah. Anyways, 
So most of my auras early on were like that. Now it's kind of just a general sense of discomfort and a bit like, and it, this is, I'm actually going to say it this way because one of our write-ins later on has uh, described his auras like this. Mm-hmm. It was like, wow, that's a better explanation than I have because it's fairly similar is that it feels like sometimes your gut just drops like you're on a roller coaster. I get that too. It's like uh, blood pressure just changes, but all of a sudden one big hit and it's just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. and it was the best way to explain it. So I'm going to use his example yeah. in this because it actually is the same. So I'll get that kind of feeling and I'll be like, ah, crap, what am I doing? Okay, have I been playing video games for, oh God, five hours? Okay, yeah, it's probably time to take a break. <laughs> so then I'll take a break. And if it's really bad, I'll just go to bed. I find that the cure-all for me is sleep. My body, after I push it too long or too many days in a row, then it might get something like that. It's kind of like a warning sign of, hey, stupid, you know, maybe go to bed and just get a few hours sleep, you'll feel better. And it's like, okay, I'll do that. Then, then I won't have a seizure. But I, I do get those more frequently than actual seizures, which I don't get frequently that much anymore. Hmm. So, yeah. I'm afraid to go to sleep after having an aura because mine come on at night. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I should go to sleep. But if I go to sleep, I could have a seizure. And yeah, there will be days where I feel really off and I'll be like, okay, haven't had a seizure in a while. I'm probably going to have one tonight. And then I end up not wanting to go to bed. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I could have. I could imagine that. Yeah. It's really frustrating. I posted on some social media asking people to tell me about their auras and if, and if they have horror flashes or senses of doom or whatever they want to call it. And I chose, originally I chose four and then today someone wrote in that I thought was really interesting. So that one's a surprise for you. Okay. So I thought we would take turns reading them out and discussing. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Which one do you have first? Would you like to read the first one? Sure. So the first one I have is Chris. Okay. He describes his as a feeling of deja vu followed by his stomach dropping like on a roller coaster. So just like we were talking about, and he happened to be the first one on there. And I was like, hey, wait a minute. That second half (laughs) especially is something that I uh, can understand. And actually a little bit on occasion, the first part too. So the deja vu part I've had before with it. Hmm. But I don't get that so much anymore. I do get the stomach dropping feeling. Yeah. So I can really relate to that one. I feel like that one is almost common. I saw a lot of stomach dropping. That being said, common. I have a couple statistics before we carry on. Okay. Yeah. Bring on the statistics. Okay. How many people have auras with focalized seizures? What percentage do you figure? I don't. 40. 58%. So basically a little more than half with focal seizures. And you got to figure with focal, it's in a specific area. So you're going to get symptoms from that specific area, right? Mm -hmm. So focalized seizures, 58%. So a little more than half. Now with generalized epilepsy, what's the percent? (laughs) More than 60. 13%. (laughs) Oh my God. If they have uh, general epilepsy, Mm -hmm. the likelihood is that they don't get auras. Wow. Um, The vast majority of them anyways, some will. And if they have a focal seizure local into one part of the brain then that part of the brain will trigger and they'll get something related to that so Mm. which is interesting wow so hugo weaving is very common yeah apparently apparently that's Mm. the more common a lot of people hugo i'm sorry (laughs) i mean it can be it's like a blessing in disguise getting that warning but at the same time they suck they do suck they, they don't feel good. It's like Mm-mm. getting kicked in the nards in some respects. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like a slap in the face. This sucks. But it's like, okay, but I also know to go lie down. 
especially if you have them right before typically like I do so I, I will go lie down at that point yeah I get them and it's like 10 seconds before the seizure starts I don't get right. one and then it takes a while or whatever if it does sometimes the aura will last longer than 10 seconds mm-hmm. before it morphs into a seizure and that drives me crazy because it's like okay I've had the 10 seconds of complete fear and I know I'm gonna die just bring on the seizure damn it yeah. and I just get really scared and yeah I start getting really panicky it's I don't like that. So thanks, Chris. You basically have the same kind that I do. Yeah. So thank you. This fish wrote, my head starts spinning and a weird feeling comes into my mind and makes me wonder if I'm fixing to die and see what's going to happen in the afterlife. That would sound like a really strong sense of doom. Yes. Um, I get those after seizures. To me, that's, I mean, all of it is weird. All of it's weird. It's not normal, but it is normal. But not. But to me, that doesn't make as much sense because it's like the danger part has passed. Well, or the scary part. Yeah, but it's a it's a feeling. Yes, right? for sure. So, it's not like you can control it or whatever. So for, for me, when I do get the sense of doom, in my case afterwards, it's not a sense of impending doom necessarily. It's a, it's a sense of, oh, this is what it feels like to die. I wonder if that's going to actually happen this time. Mm. And logically, my brain knows that it's not going to. So I just use my logic to sort of logic myself out of feeling too terrible. But it it is a sense of doom. You do feel like you're dying or you're... You're going to. You're going to. Yeah. But I always got those feelings after the seizure, not before. But it seems uh, a lot of people get it before the sense of doom. Yeah, I get mine before. Yeah. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought that seeing the afterlife thing, I'm like, wow, that's horrifying, but I want to know more. Uh, The next one we got, Erica says, I don't get a sense of doom, but I get flashbacks of very embarrassing things that happened as a kid, like losing control of my bladder in high school. I thought that was incredible. That's also horrifying. Yeah, it's not, it's not, but it's a very different one than what I've heard. No, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Interesting. When we talk about memory loss tomorrow, we're going to talk about how uh, certain or not tomorrow. Next, uh, in two weeks. In two weeks, we're going to talk about memory loss. I got a little bit on which areas of the brain do what kind of memories. Hey, I almost have that too. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to we're going to talk about that and explore that a little bit. So thank you for your response. I haven't heard of that one before. Neither have I. Is that so. a... It's almost deja vu, but not. It. I am sorry that you have to relive that. Yeah. High school sucks enough. I mean, what is it about seizures and a seizure condition that always pulls out the nasty parts? Like, why couldn't you have... Tickled seizures? Yeah. Or, or a reminder of the first time you saw your favorite movie in the world. Or, you know, the first time you, I don't know, ate ice cream. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? It, it would. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I get... Let's see. I wanted to read that one, but oh well. <laughs> I have... Okay. Oh, I liked this one. So this one reminded me of how in the episode where we did the Q&A, mm-hmm. where we made the jokes about what color is our aura. Mm-hmm. This one reminded me of that. This fish wrote in, I jerk, my breathing gets fast paced, but when I was younger, I would go in a circle and see pink. Hmm. And so now we, we know auras can have colors. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like... I'm sure people see spots of green or something, but I liked how she wrote, I just saw pink. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess once again, like wherever the uh, input is from your eyes, if you're having a a seizure in that particular area, Mm -hmm. who knows what you might see. Yeah. Going in circles and seeing pink. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I've never heard of one like that either. No, they're uh, also different. Thank you everyone for writing in. Yeah, these are fascinating. It's uh, it's not that I chose the best ones or anything. It was just... Uh, well, they're all pretty cool. They are very, very cool and and horrible. Well, and horrible. horrible. Nobody wants this stuff, but it's. I find it fascinating that just the depth and variety of it. Exactly. I Other- wanted to choose very different ones because some were quite similar. Lots of, you know, gut going down or mm-hmm. like hard in your throat like there was there was a lot of that and as much as that sucks i mean i didn't want to you know go on repeat so yeah so uh this isn't shout out to just these five people or anything all fish that feel auras which is apparently 58 percent of focals <laughs> and uh 13 of general epilepsy yeah okay who have we got next well you took that one for me, so <laughs> that was the last one i had written down so you said you had one more um i do i i thought i have two more Okay. This one, I don't know if English is their first language because it was written kind of choppy or maybe it was just typed out really quickly. Internet language. Exactly. Maybe they just used their mic or something and it spelt the wrong thing or whatever. But this person wrote, my ears whine. Everything I see and remember being through, my head has no control. If I think or move or hear or touch... It increases my actions. My arm twitches. My head feels even worse when it stops. Okay, so it looks like just like almost like a sensory overload. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I can't help but imagine this person also crying, you know? Like it's absolutely feeling everything at once. Like, oh, d- oh tell me you watched Firefly. Thank God. Okay. Well, I'm more likely that I would have watched it than you. <laughs> Fair. Very fair. But Nathan Fillion's really hot. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shout out to Nathan Fillion. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but I think River mm-hmm. had had part of her brain removed or zapped or something. So she couldn't not feel. Right. It kind of reminded me of that. Okay. Because my husband tells me that I have, what does he call it when this happens to me? But there'll be day, there'll be, it doesn't happen very often anymore, but it happened a lot when I was in my early 20s that it's like I couldn't not feel any certain emotion like I was I would feel love and happiness and anger and sadness all at once and I I just got worried that people I remember telling him that I was worried my books didn't know how much I appreciated them and I was worried my friends didn't know how much I love them and stuff. So I wound up texting friends that I wasn't even really that close to that I want them to know I love them and appreciate them. And it he I can't remember. I think he would just say, like, my heart is too big or something like that. And it just, it kind of reminded me of that. My head didn't hurt when it happened, but it was mm-hmm. like it was feeling overload. I couldn't not feel. Yeah. And it, it drove me crazy. But he said, think of it as a good thing. It means you have lots of feelings. Yeah. Hasn't happened in a long time, but... I've never been told I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> so that's not something I've ever had. I can't really relate. But, uh... As long as he didn't say something like you're on your period, like... Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never been told that either. So, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was... That, that sounds really horrible, but... And coming with a headache as well. That, that oh. sucks. But the one that I thought was just morbidly fascinating okay let's go with morbidly fascinating this person wrote and a couple people actually wrote in to agree with him which really surprised me is my auras are intense i would hear what i call a demonic voice that was gurgling and almost satanic like Mm. so 
when people say that they get, you know, way back when people would be exercised. Oh, yes. I couldn't help but think, wow. Yeah. Well, you hear something and your brain will interpret it how it decides. Yeah. If you've got Satan in your brain, you're going to be like, Satan's in my brain. And then you get to have a seizure. Like. And years later, you realize it was satin. (laughs) (laughs) I, I couldn't help but think that was just like. And the fact that other people were saying, oh, hey, that happens to me, too. I'm like, everything is so different. Yeah, it's so fascinating. It is very fascinating, but you almost feel bad for being interested in it. Like, you know what I mean? You know what? I mean, I think everybody deserves a little bit of morbid curiosity. I'm super into true crime. and I. That's how you learn, right? Yeah. I mean, keeping life safe is, you know, safe, but it's boring. So, you know, I'm. by the way, thank you all for uh, doing your write-ins. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. If we didn't get to yours, uh, don't worry. It's not because we didn't read them. It's because... I uh, read them all. I read them all. Yeah, there was uh, just so many people. And we tried to so keep it up. So many people. Yeah, and so many wrote in very fascinating ones. We're just trying to keep some of the different ones, like keeping them as different as possible. Yeah, not just different, but so many people have ones that are quite the same. Yeah, which makes sense. Yes. So thank you again to everyone. We did read them. Yes. So if we didn't say your name or uh, talk about yours specifically, very likely yours is, sounds like one of ours, one of these other ones as well. So. Yeah, I want to make like a you're boring joke, but you're not. No. No. That's the last thing anyone who has epilepsy is as common as we are. No, not boring at all. When you have satin <laughs> in your mind, you're not boring. He also pointed out that he doesn't even listen to that kind of music. So he doesn't, you know, like Cannibal Corpse or whatever. Yeah. So like where he'd even heard those sounds before, like where did that even come oh, from? A dozen TV shows. Probably. I'm certain. Yeah, yeah. Listening to the White Album in reverse. Like, <laughs> you know, the thing where they would... Yeah, then they're like, hey, that almost sounds like something really, really like chanting or something. It's like, well, you're controlling you're the, the speed that you're spinning it and it's backwards. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think it's shout out time. Is that yeah. right? OK, I'm going to shout out to the unfortunate fish who don't have auras. Yeah, it, it actually is. As much as they suck, they do give you a nice warning. They do. It, they're a blessing in disguise. So I'm going to shout out to all the Hugo weaving fish who yeah. do not have the warning and just wake up and go either, God damn it, I had another seizure or what the hell just happened. So shout out to the Hugo weaving fish. Excellent. Shall we do fits of laughter? <laughs> he's grinning at me like he's got something so horrible to say. Okay. Well, I have not heard this before. I'll let you, you let me know if it's horrible or not. (laughs) It might be just a bad joke. Okay. Okay. A woman visits the doctor as she has some abdominal pains, suspects she might be pregnant. Mm -hmm. After her examination, the doctor comes out to see her. Well, I hope you like changing diapers. She replies, oh my God, am I pregnant? Am I pregnant? And the doctor says, ha ha, no, you have bladder cancer. (laughs) Okay, you look horrified. It was that, okay, please let us know if that was too I much. I did not okay that. Uh, I feel like it's too much. You're going to get hate and it's all going to be directed at you, man. Yeah, that's okay. He does the editing too, so he's not going to chop it out or anything because he's got to have a fits of laughter. Got to have fits of laughter. I know oh that one was God. pretty bad. I read that it. That was horrible. I read it and I was like, oh, that's might be pushing oh, a few things. So, wow. Yeah. Maybe I'll pull it back for the next one. A little bit. Okay, how about you just tell, like, a really silly knock-knock joke to bring it up a little bit. Too like right now? Just right now. Oh, do I know a knock-knock joke? I don't. Okay, I will. <laughs> yeah, and everyone knows it. Okay, knock-knock. Who's there? 
Orange. Orange who? Orange chocolate. I didn't say banana. Not really. I like bananas better. Anyway, so if you want to reach out to us and tell Steve how much you hate his fits of laughter, our email address is fishoutofwater101 at outlook.com. You can follow us on Instagram at live.wigancarswell. And there's, of course, Twitter, which is fishpodcast101. And there's our Facebook page, which is fishoutofwater.carpadium. So, what do you say we sign off? Okay. Carpe diem. Get it?